0: Designing your test methods using a simple structure such as given, when, then can help you communicate the purpose of your tests more clearly, focus your thinking while you're writing the, your tests, make test writing faster, make it easier to reuse parts of your test, highlight the assumptions you're making about test preconditions, and highlight what outcomes you expect and what you're testing against. In this episode, I'll be talking about designing your test cases and test methods using given, when, then. It doesn't matter if you're using PyTest, UnitTest, Nose, or something completely different. This episode will help you write better tests. I'm Brian Aachen and this is the Python Test Podcast. A podcast about software development, software testing, and Python. I announce new shows on Twitter, at TestPodcast. And follow me, at Brian Aachen. Structuring your test... Not only makes it easier to read, it makes it easier to write and reuse. I'm really excited to get into this topic, but first, I'd like to take a moment to thank our show sponsors. I don't talk about sponsors much on this show, but I do have them. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you, who have pledged support for the show through my Patreon campaign at pythontesting.net slash support. You can go directly to patreon.com slash Auken, uh, but let's be honest, hitting my support page at PythonTesting.net is easier to remember. Um, but if you want, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and Auken is spelled O-K-K-E-N. Right now, I'm trying to reach my first goal of $60 per episode. When I get there, I'm going to outsource transcript writing, and Patreon supporters will be the first to access those transcripts. I'm also thinking of some other goodies for supporters. Hmm, maybe some stickers. At this moment, there are 20 individuals that are supporting the show. I'm going to thank them all right now. What the heck? Here goes. Thank you, Hamza, Niels, Dan, Matthew, Bartleby, Andrew, Mahmood, Michael, Joe, Alan, Anthony, Richard, Jason, Dave, Javier, Aldo, and another Niels. You all rock. Thank you tremendously. But let's get into the topic for today. Designing your test cases using given when Then. What I'm talking about here is the test functions and methods, not the structure of your entire suite, but the individual tests. This applies to any framework, but I'm going to assume PyTest for now, so I don't have to keep saying PyTest or UnitTest or Nose or something else. PyTest doesn't care what you put in your test functions and methods, and it doesn't really care what goes into the setup and teardown functions and methods or test fixtures. The syntax and mechanics of all that is pretty straightforward. If the syntax or mechanics trip you up, don't feel bad. Just bookmark a good reference somewhere. Of course, I suggest that you bookmark pythontesting.net slash start here and the fixture reference page for the appropriate framework found on the start here page. I'll put links to those in the show notes. But once you've got the mechanics down, you can put whatever you want in there. If a fixture hits an assert or an exception, then your test will end in error. And if a test function or method the main bar- part of the test hits an assert, your test will fail. That's how it works. Great, there's the mechanics. But it still seems like a blank canvas, an empty page. What should you put in there? Well, just like artists and writers are frequently aided by their in their creativity by following a familiar structure, um, we too as test writers can use structure to not only get past the blank page problem, but also to achieve quite a few benefits. Let's talk about structure first and then we'll cover some of the benefits. There, there there've been many different structures or outlines proposed as good models for writing tests. The models I'm familiar with, um, are really seem like the same thing with different names. Let's start with given when, then the model I knew I use now and love most is called given when, then. It's just so darn easy to remember and it puts me right in the right mindset for thinking about my tests, expanding the tests and reusing parts. It's pretty basic given some context for your test to run in. When some action happens, then some consequences are expected, either output from the action or side effects that can be tested. A simplistic way to start is to just separate the code in the body of your test functions into three visually separate chunks. I usually separate the sections with a blank line or two. You can also put a comment at the top of the section with those very keywords. If you're writing whole sentences in the comment, maybe put given, when, then in all caps. Like, for instance, um, comments might be given a mobile is registered, when a test mode data connection is initiated, then the call should connect. This given, when, then structure is borrowed from BDD. Behavior-Driven Development. I think it's the only thing I've taken from BDD, actually. BDD has a lot of baggage that I'm not quite ready to deal with yet. But I love the given when then. This especially becomes super powerful if you don't even put the given in the test function par- proper. Put it in a fixture. Put it in setup or a class for a class or a module. Or better yet, put it in a named PyTest fixture. The power of putting the given in a fixture is that if you can't get through the given portion, say you hit an assert, then the test didn't, doesn't end in failure, it ends in error. And you know, that makes sense. Um, the thing that you're testing is the win part. Um, and if you can't get through the given, it's not a test failure, you just didn't even get to the point where you can make the test. And also, naive, if you put everything, the given part in the uh, in the fixture, then the test body only has two parts, the when and the then. Um, For some tests, the given will be setting up test data, but it could also be getting the system into a proper state. For me, when testing embedded electronic instrument code, the given or the setup is doing things like configuring RF ports, setting cable losses, loading arbitrary waveform generators, or many fun things like that. But for you, it could be quite a lot simpler, or it even could be empty. If the action you're taking in the win section should have the same side effect, regardless of the state the system is is before, then there's nothing to put there. I suggest being explicit, though, and putting a comment like, given any state, before moving on to the next sections. This ensures that the future test maintainers know what you did and uh, and that you did think of what the condition preconditions were and there weren't any. The when section should be very readable and very obvious what's going on. The when section should be doing one thing. Even if that thing is complex, it should be something that a user would think of as doing one thing. The then section is where you check the post conditions and look for observable side effects. That's where all the asserts are. Some people will tell you that you should only have one assert per test, but that's rubbish. What they're talking about is a very narrow definition of test-driven development, a definition that doesn't include all of the levels of testing that I concern myself with on a daily basis. If your action from the win section has like 15 observable side effects and a function output, then by all means, go for it and put 16 assertion statements in there. I usually only have a few, really, but this totally depends on the test, what you're testing, your domain, and many other factors. There's more that I have to say about given, when, then, but I'd like to take a ba- break from it and discuss the other names for this design test design structure. One that you may be familiar with is uh, setup, test, teardown. It's also sometimes expanded to setup, exercise, verify, teardown. This is for the most part just like given, when, then, with an additional teardown step. The setup is equivalent to given. Exercise is equivalent to when and verify is equivalent to the then part. When written as setup test teardown, the test portion is both the when and the then. So what's the teardown? Well, for a lot of you, it's nothing. Empty, nothing to do. It will be something important when you really need to undo whatever you did in the setup or in the exercise portion. Let's see you're testing a transactional system. You can use the teardown to roll back the transactions to the state before the test started. In my case, I might break a data connection with a mobile device or make sure power levels in the system are at safe levels, or reset a switch matrix to save paths through the system. The teardown step is present in given when then as I use it. It's just not the hard part, so I don't mind not have it explicitly part of the name. When using PyTest named fixtures, you will write the teardown as part of the fixture itself. Well, write with it anyway, in the form of a finalizer function, so the test proper doesn't have to think about teardown. Of course, if in the test proper, the win section say, you need something undone in the teardown, we need to make sure that happens, even if an exception or assert causes the test function to not complete. Okay, that that might have been confusing. If I don't really have something in the, the given state, that I need to undo, but I do something in the when action that needs to get undone. A great way to do that is to actually include a test fixture, a setup, that doesn't actually do anything except for register a finalizer, and then the finalizer can clean things up. Another name for this structure is Arrange Act Assert. Now this should be really obvious how that maps to Given When Then. Arrange is Given, Act is When, and Assert is Then. Come to think of it, I kind of like act better than when. Maybe given act then? No. Maybe we could name it given act assert? Well, we lose the alliteration, and I won't remember it. I seem to have no trouble remembering given when then, so I guess I'll stick with that. Are there any other names? Um, well, an older one is uh, preconditions, trigger, postconditions. That's not bad. Again, given is the preconditions section. When is the trigger. And then is the post-conditions. I don't really like that name for the name of the thing, but thinking about the given as preconditions and the then as post-conditions, that's kind of cool, and it helps me uh, understand what they're for. Yeah, it's actually pretty good, but I'm, I'm not writing those in my comments, preconditions and post-conditions. Those are too long of words, too much typing, and I can't make a sentence out of it. Let me know if you're running across any other variations. I can't think of any right now. If you do, a great place to do that would be in the comments section of the show notes at pythontesting.net slash 10, the number one zero. Okay, I promised I'd talk about the benefits of using a pattern like given when then or whatever variation that we've discussed that makes you the most sense to you. So the benefits, uh, splitting up your test function like this, okay, let's just assume given when then so I don't have to cover them all. And of course, the teardown and optional finalizers are implied in there. has many benefits. Hopefully these will make sense to you now. I listed them at the beginning, but let's cover them again. Communicate the purpose of your test more clearly. Well, having the win section simple and separated by whitespace will highlight for you and for others reading the code what it is that you're testing, especially if the test method name directly relates to the action in the win section. It really helps clarify what you're trying to test. If the name seems too long or there's too much code in your win section, just review it. Should this really be one test or should you split it up into more than one? I'm not telling you what the right answer is. I've got plenty of biggish tests that make sense the way they are. Just make sure it's clear what's going on. Next benefit, focus your thinking while writing the test. Only thinking about one section at a time really helps to clarify thinking and coding. Kind of hard to put in words, but um, it really does help make it easier to know what to write. Uh, another benefit of m- is making tests writing, met- making test writing faster. Working within the constraint of given when then and the focus you gain really does make it faster. Also, you can look at the set of tests w- with the same given section and using the same setup, and uh, decide if you've tested all the actions available to the user with that given state. If not, write more tests with the same given, but with different actions. And of course, the then post conditions will need to be re-examined. This is also related to the next benefit. Make it easier to reuse parts of your code. You can look at your test now and think about if the given really represents the only states of your system where the win action can occur. If not, then you can add more tests with the same action but with different given states. Of course, you've got to re-examine your post conditions then. I've really just described two ways to reuse your test parts to make new tests. Reusing the given and adding different action in the win section, and um, you're reusing the win section by adding different given sections. These two kinds of reuse to create new tests are part of what's called behavior coverage. Specifically, I'm talking about state coverage and transition coverage. I'm going to talk about behavior coverage, state coverage, and transition coverage in a future episode. For now, just realize that separating the given and the win section helps highlight the states being tested, the given, and the changes to the state, the win. And this separation allows you to review your tests and see if you've missed some obvious actions or starting states. Another benefit is to highlight the assumptions you're making about the test preconditions. I think I've kind of covered this already. Do you have all the reasonable givens for the functionality you're testing in the win section? A few more benefits are to highlight what outcomes you're expecting and testing against, to highlight missing tests, and highlight missing functionality. This is a smidge harder to get your head around. Looking at the then sections associated with related tests, ones with either common given or common win sections, or the starting states and transition out of those states. Uh, this is getting confusing. The then section checks for post-condition states, represents the final state of the system after the actions. If you're pretty darn sure there are final states that isn't represented in a test, then you might have missing tests, or you might have missing functionality in the system. So it's still kind of confusing. Let me give a simple example. Here's a couple tests um, that I can kind of describe reasonably well in audio form. Two tests. One, test subscribe when not registered. And another one, test subscribe when already registered. So the first, when not registered. Given a user is not subscribed to a newsletter. When a user subscribes, then the user's email is now part of the newsletter email list. And the user is told that they are now subscribed. Next test. Test subscribe when already registered. Given a user is already subscribed when the user subscribes to the newsletter, then no changes are made to the email list and the user is told that they are already subscribed. Okay, I've got a set of two tests. Let's look at the set. I have two tests with the same action, subscribing. They come from two different starting states, either subscribed or not subscribed. But I don't have any post conditions where the user ends up in the not subscribed state if there's no unsubscribe functionality, then I've just noticed a missing functionality in my system, and we should add it. If that functionality already exists to unsubscribe, then I've just forgotten to write those tests for it, and I can go write those tests now. Another um, thing that I'd like to talk about now is of doing all this reuse. And uh, reuse can be aided by fixture parameterization or test parameterization. That's a big word. It's such a common case to have these reusable parts that you want to build lots and lots of tests with, with shared parts. But these cases can be handled by PyTest almost automatically, so you can write fewer tests, but still cover all the starting states and functionality you need to. This is called the fixture parameterization or test parameterization. I'll talk about that in a future episode as well. I do touch on it in the params section of an article I wrote called PyTest Fixtures Nuts and Bolts. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. I think that's enough from the benefits list right now. I think I've shown that structuring your test not only makes it easier to read, it makes it easier to write and reuse components. But wow, I've highlighted a lot of areas I think that I need to cover in more detail in future episodes. Also, this would be a great episode to have a transcript for, don't you think? I'd like to get those transcripts written. So please, if you haven't already, sign up for the Patreon campaign and help me get to the $60 goal so I can get transcripts written and so you can get early access to them. This has been another episode of the Python Test Podcast. Today's show was sponsored by listeners. Thanks again for everyone for ponying up a buck or two per episode. Become a supporter yourself. Visit pythontesting.net support. This show was episode 10 and the show notes are at pythontesting.net slash 10. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Search for Python in any podcast client. My logo is the black and white one. You can also find the iTunes and direct RSS feeds at pythontesting.net slash podcast. This is Brian Aukin. Thanks for listening.